I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker. We thank each and every Glory Hole singer for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Paul Sebus, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Paul Sebus, here we go. Oh, my God. God, buddy, how does it feel to be on such a fucking heater? Are you having fun yet? Well, our, man, our worst start ever, to be honest, to a season, and we have reversed cowgirl that shit right back to 500, <laughs> and now it is time for the rest of the year to start stacking up the units. We are on a 10-0 and run in the NFL, 10-0. and and let's just put that into perspective real quick for you people. Um, one time, let's travel down Longhorn memory lane. One time I was on a 9-0 and run of avoiding the fat chick trap. I was just out there <laughs> fucking killing it, only talking to hotties, keeping myself sober, and, uh, you know, sober enough to spot the hippos coming. And, uh, you, you know, perceivers, what they like to do is they, they like to, they like to use the camouflage of the neon lights. And, uh, and they're, 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 they're very smart creatures. They also run in packs of hot chicks. You know, they, they, they run in packs, packs of hot chicks. They use a deception to stalk their male prey. Well, sure enough, one night, I slipped up, got a little too drunk, and then, bam, some fucking fatty Magoo says, I want to suck you, and there goes the goddamn 10-0 dream right down the drain. Now, whether you are here for the funny. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park, and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. Presidents. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip. 
choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Spaten Oktoberfest from Munich, Germany. Mm. And Longhorn, it reminds me of the time we spent in Munich, where, of course, the ladies' man that Longhorn is, he was courting a young Fraulein, mm-hmm. and he wanted to put his schnitzel in her strudel, and although she wasn't really having that, those German girls are freaks, so she was willing to let him put his lederhosen in her Loggenbuman, if you follow the alliteration. Mm-mm. And Longhorn was willing to do that, but what he didn't know was those German girls don't mm. wax their... I guess the slang for it is taint, but I actually looked up the WebMD <laughs> version, and that medical term actually is gooch. So mm. when Longhorn turned her over to you know check her diet, he had to fight through the brush to find her balloon knot, which... Any medical professional will tell you the main difference between the female anus and the vagina is about three inches. So in that situation, Longhorn really had to have the attention to detail. And that is the difference between success or failure. Much like handicapping, buddy. You threw so many softballs at me there. I I I don't have enough bats to knock those all out. But... Uh, this, this may have been, you were talking about strudels and, and, and other things that sounded like food. So maybe this is one of those one out of 10 fat hippos that caught me slipping. I don't know, but the, no, there ain't no fat girls in Munich, baby. Oh, they're all skinny drinking beer and brats, huh? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I just, the only question I have is when you say it's three inches shorter, does that mean? No, three inches apart. Three inches apart. Are you talking depth or width? Are we talking, we talking like, (laughs) which way are we going? Whatever. Let's carry on. Let's carry on. All right, boys and girls, with the podcast now. We're going to go over every game in the NFL. In the air tonight is a short slate this week with all the buys, but you get them all from us, baby. And, of course, what else you get is those free picks to get you paid. But right now, we get it paid. And to do that, here is this week's Sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by FartStuffer.com. Are you having problems with flatulence? Is your balloon not leaking out air biscuits without your consent? Are your ass acoustics a fit for Symphony Hall? Is your kid's favorite bedtime story Horton Here's a Poo? Well, then you need to call our friends at FartStuffer.com. The scientists at FartStuffer.com have perfected a formula to silence your anus applause for good. All you need is one 600 milligram pill a day of their fanny frog killing medicine and your butt trumpet will be silenced! Fartstuffer.com gets rid of all types of turtle burps, including but not limited to the tickle fart, the thank God I'm alone fart, splatter fart, barn owl fart, skill salt fart, and many more can all be cured by Fartstuffer.com. Call today and mention our code word glory hole for 10% off their bark and spider fighter formula. That's code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. Fartstuffer.com, code word, glory hole. Holy shit, Longhorn, that Fartstuffer.com. Like, look, boys and girls, there's a lot of products that we advertise on here. I'll be honest with you, we don't always use them. But this is one that, uh, you know, I've used for years. And you know what, buddy? Like, increasingly, the older I get, like, I remember my grandpa, you know, having really bad gas. And it stunk real bad. I was like, ah, it's because he's fucking old. But... I think I'm already at that point. Now, I didn't know my Paul when he was my age. Obviously, I wasn't born yet. But I wonder if he's suffered with it as long as I'm about to, maybe. I don't know. But it it's a real fucking epidemic, I think, with guys as they get older. Just our flatulence gets worse, <laughs> and it stinks like... I mean, my shit smells like death sometimes. Ugh. Like, literally death. 
Yeah, I've done enough road trips with you to uh, confirm that information <laughs> is true. You have a serious uh, intestine, you know, like just inside problem. Um, but I, I, I'm still stuck on this whole German chick are not fat thing. Like, I mean, they must be. They must be using this fart stuffer or something to, <laughs> to clean out their system because you just can't live on beer and brats and not be fat. So they there's a combination of either this product or some of our others that they're using that we advertise. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm still stuck on that. How are they not fat? Well, it's because their food over there is clean and not processed like our shit here is in this country and their beer over there is not pasteurized, is why they send us the shit fucking beer, and they keep all the good shit for themselves. So maybe you can that's thank why... the fucking FDA and your fucking good old American government for making you so goddamn fat and bloated all the time for the crap that they that's... fucking sell us to stick in our bodies. That's probably why you are just pooping and just farting <laughs> out death out of your ass, probably. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay f***ing calm! What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! baby those bells those bells we are ready for week seven of the nfl season now before the bob we will not have any teams this week i don't know what the fuck is going on with the scheduling we have like 82 teams on the bye this week we got two teams coming off the bye i'll mention those as we get to them but nobody's gonna be on the bye next week so we'll have a full slate oh, for week eight fuck. Gotta so do all that fucking extra work next week come on i don't know what the fuck is going on with this bye week schedule but anyway we're going to start off, oh, with those Tampa Bakers. I got it the first time. <laughs> Tampa Bakers. They are home favorites. They got a win now. I nailed it. Two and a half point home favorites over those hot Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is, uh, we're out of order here. You, we've been on a really good streak this year of you just going right down my list. But we're, we're out of order. That's all right. I can scroll down. This is actually one of the games I, I like the least. Um, and I'm, I've. I'm almost in fear that I'm developing a little bit of a blind spot with Tampa Bay this year. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit later with some of the other teams. But um, uh, Ritter is just, he's just so bad. And, and now that he's lost at home, it, there's, to me, I think there's a chance that this is sliding towards over and really, and really fast. I mean, it really should have been already, but the coach has been sticking with him. And now that he's lost that game at home, I think there's much more chance that this whole thing just falls apart and they either move to uh, Heineke or I'm not sure exactly when the trade deadline is in the NFL, but um, there is still time to make a trade. So we'll see how this kind of plays out for Atlanta. Now, Tampa Bay is coming off a bad loss at home. This line is current. Did you say it's still at two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, with it, uh, with it at two and a half, 
I, I have to lean to Tampa. I am worried about a little bit of a blind spot there. Um, but what, what really makes me like Tampa Bay at two and a half is the fact that Atlanta's sitting in a perfect teaser roll spot, and I still don't like it. Like I don't even like Atlanta up to eight and a half. Um, but again, this is not a good feel game for me. It's one of my least favorite games of the week, but I am going to lean to Tampa at that two and a half. If, if it hits three, goes to three and a half. Obviously, that changes the whole thing, but two and a half, I like Tampa. Yep, so uh, let's see. I don't like this game either. Uh, both sides do have let's see what the numbers say first. Okay, yeah, split on the algorithms. I thought I remembered that. And then both sides do have a pretty good bucket on both sides, which basically makes it 51-49. Slight lean to Tampa Bay there. It's really not even gradable. Uh, I mean, what I wrote down is this game goes a long way to see which one of these two suck-ass teams suck less ass. So, yeah. for me, this is a fucking pass. I don't, there's, I'm not going to back Ritter in any circumstance, really, outside of that stadium in Atlanta. And, you know, I mean... This should be a game where Baker, this is kind of his groove, you know, like where it's a team that obviously they're not better than them. So you can argue which team's better. The numbers are pretty are pretty close on all the metrics, so whatever. They shouldn't be outmatched. They shouldn't be asked to do too much. And he's better than Ritter. I mean, I know Baker's no all-star, but he's fucking – Ritter's god-awful. So I would lean with you, but, yeah, I got I got nothing on this one. Yeah, there's nothing situationally that stands out. You know, that's that's a large part of how I handicap is situational spots. Yeah, and, the motivation but, is exactly equal. I mean, they both have to have this game if they want to stay in the division race. Like, they know they got to have it. Yep. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those Chicago Bears hosting our Las Vegas Raiders. And they are three point home dogs. Ooh, three free points in a game that I think Chicago's gonna win outright. So go ahead and hit that sounder. This is first of three sounders that will be uh, on the podcast. And if you're a new listener, when I hit a sounder, it is for the underdog to win straight up and straight out. Um, Fields is out, and I don't really care. Um, I, I watched the backup last Was week. Was he ever in? I mean, it's he's had a couple of brief moments of of um, like holy shit this year, but outside of that, it's a no, it's he's kinda, had a bunch of moments of holy shit. Yeah, he's had some <laughs> bad moments of holy shit too. Uh, but yeah, who the fuck are like? And, and this this is one of those games where there's a blind spot, and so that, this gives me a chance to talk about what I want to talk about. I know we don't. I know nobody, or you know, most people don't care about the super contest. But obviously, you and I are both in the super contest. Both of us, I have 13 losses through six weeks in the Super Contest, hitting about 56, 57%. That's good. That's good in reality. It's not good for the Super Contest, but that's a whole other story. Of my 13 losses, three teams own seven of them. Three teams own seven of my 13 losses, and Vegas is one of them. They own two of them outright, and... Um, so I am a little bit worried. There's kind of a blind spot there um, with with Vegas, but I just have to call how I see it. And with Fields out, you know, I watched the kid that came in. I don't even remember his name. Doesn't matter. It wasn't um, I want to say Brissett, but it's not Brissett. It's a Bassett, I think it's Bassett or something like that. Basky. Uh, outside of the fumble that Minnesota scooped up and scored the touchdown, which gave them the uh, the, dif- the the that was the difference in the game. Outside of that. 
It looked a lot like a game that Fields would have been in there, kind of struggling, moving the ball here, moving the ball there. Uh, you know, just it, there was no discernible difference, is what I'm saying. Outside of the the you know quarters that Fields had gone off this year and, and scored a bunch of points. Outside of that, it looked much the same. You know, they, they should get some running game help back this week. Another, uh, he's got a chance to settle in this week. Another game at home for the new quarterback. And again, who is Vegas to come on the road and lay three? To, to I mean, I just, I just everything points to Chicago for me in this game situationally. I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. You're catching three points. Take the three points. Don't be silly. But I like Chicago to win this game outright. All right, well, the numbers are in agreements on Chicago. There's only three agreements this week, and this is one of them. The Buckets are in agreement on Chicago. You've got uh, Las Vegas in a 40% bucket, and you got Chicago in a 59% bucket, 63% bucket, and a 63% bucket. Now, one bucket I want to focus on the most, uh, it's how I built my handicap on this one, is the 59% bucket, and that is when the original uh, – favorite from the uh, summer line is now the dog the original favorite covers a 59 percent clip that will be chicago this week so i look back at that this line in, this line in the summer was chicago minus two and a half so there's five and a half points of adjustment but moving to three that really makes it at least six longhorn as you know that half point to get to three is worth more than that half point so it's at least six it's probably more like six and a quarter and it's just, it's too much. So, Chicago was seven and a half wins for the season total, preseason. Vegas was seven for the season. So, that's one point difference right there to Chicago to start. Now, so that kind of lines up with the two and a half. Uh, if you give them two from home, it's about a half point off, but whatever. It's pretty close. Now, if you look at both of these teams, Chicago is projected to win four more games for the rest of this season currently. Las Vegas is projected to win five more games for the rest of the season currently. So if you prorate that out, it's around one and a quarter point for Las Vegas advantage. So let's say that's accurate, but even bump it up. Let's give them the, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's go to a point and a half. So that's a two and a half point adjustment from the summer line, which means this game really should be a pick em. So to your point, you know, laying three points is ludicrous. Now, the question becomes, is Fields worth that three points? To his backup quarterback. Look, I don't think there's any fucking way that you can justify that. You know, Fields is the bottom third of every advanced quarterback stat. And the kid that came in, to your point, he put up the exact same numbers as Fields did before he left in a competitive game. To your point, it was a very competitive game. It came down to one player, whatever it was. It wasn't much difference in it, in other words. And if you look at the two teams, they're only two slots apart in DVOA. 27th for Las Vegas, 29th for Chicago. And as bad as Chicago's offense has been, Vegas has been worse in DVOA and around the same in EPA. And yes, Chicago's defense is fucking horrible, like horrific. But do we really think that a lame Jimmy G, if he does play, or Brian fucking, this dude is older than us, still playing in the NFL. Man, it's going to be Hoyer. Do we really think that he can take advantage of that shitty fucking defense? With their shitty fucking offense, which they've been shitty even with Garoppolo in there, I don't think so. So yeah, it, it's Chicago a pass for me. That's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, we agree. All right, move it on. We got oh those Indianapolis Colts. And they are two and a half point home dogs to those Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, I know. I know people are not gonna like it, but Bocephus, are you feeling dangerous? Because this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. All right, this is just a spot game as you know situational spot indy coming off a loss on the road where they outgained their opponent and were riddled with injured uh, excuse me uh turnovers uh now they do have a horribly trash turnover. time yards um yeah well y- you can always say that i mean if, if you're in a game if you've got a game where it's it, you know it's uh they all the yards count so all the yards count they i mean that but do they count the same they don't count the same, but you know it's. The, first of all, it was a game. And I'm pulling up. I'm gonna pull up the box score of that game too, because like well, hey, it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't within two scores. I don't oh, know be, if it was because ever of turnovers. Because immediately because of turnovers, it was. It was. They Jacksonville okay. scored 21 points in the second quarter. Okay. And it was directly because of turnovers. So, you know, yeah, it's trash. I mean, you could say it's trash time, but it's not like. Jacksonville was just going up and down the field on Indy. They were getting fortunate, uh, you know, scoring situations because of the turnovers from Minshew. So that game just got out of hand. And yeah, you could say it's trash down yards, or you could say that they were going to get those yards anyway if it wasn't for all the turnovers, the bad turnovers. So, bottom line, they're due for a bounce back coming back home. They're not going to turn over like that. Well, they might have some turnovers against Cleveland's defense, but not quite like that. And Cleveland. They're coming off the win of their, I don't know, my, like like one of their best wins of my entire lifetime that they've ever had. Uh, and they benefited from some, you know, some turnover luck and, and, and uh, situational luck with, with injuries to San Francisco because that was a good win. We kind of called it at least later on in the week, not, not necessarily on the podcast earlier in the week, but as the week grew no, we, on. we called it. Did we on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that we that was just a situational great spot for Cleveland, and now they're coming to a you know a letdown spot. So, uh, you know, it's dangerous. It's only what is the current line still two and a half? Well, I I got it at two, and then now it's two and a half, and now it's three at DraftKings, but it's juiced on the plus three to pl- minus one eighteen. So, it's it's gonna move to three. It's gonna keep moving up. So, yeah. if you like yeah, Indy. Just wait. Yeah, if you like it, Cleveland, you better jump on it. And it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, of course it's 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 scary. It's dangerous. Um, Cleveland's the way better team, obviously. Um, but you know, this is the NFL. Weird things happen when you're coming off a a game like that and a win like that for Cleveland. And it is still PJ Walker. And Indy does have players on defense that can make uh, life difficult for the opposing quarterback. So I don't. I think it's going to be a close game. I think that Cleveland, you know, could definitely, you know, pull out the win by three or seven or even, you know, 10 plus like, like Jacksonville did last week. If the, if the, um, you know, the turnovers go crazy, but we don't have a model to to project turnovers like that. So until we get that, then I'm going to assume that this is a, a game played basically even with the turnovers. And if it's even on the turnovers, then Indy's got a chance in this game at home to keep it close and maybe steal one. So it's dangerous. It's dangerous. All right. Well, the numbers are split on this one. The buckets, however, are not. Uh, 
But Cleveland does, the only bucket they land in is a 36%, so not a good bucket for Cleveland. However, Indy lands, they do land in a 58% bucket, but they have a 33%, a 37%, and a 0% bucket. So, Cleveland, EV, 62-38 over Indy on that part of it. Now, as far as the game, these are two teams headed in opposite directions. Browns are finding ways to win games despite having one of the worst offenses in the league. And it's all because their defense is so far proving to be one of the historically good defenses in the NFL ever. Now, they're not the overall in DVO as a team. That's what the 27th ranked offense, which is heavier weighted in DVOA than defense. And that's because not only is their defense number one, but number two Longhorn in DVOA ranked defense is actually Baltimore right now. They're 13% behind Cleveland. The difference between Cleveland and Baltimore is the same difference between Baltimore and the Jets, who are 12. The difference between Cleveland and Baltimore EPA success rate is as much as the difference between Baltimore and Indy, who is 22nd. Long story short, we've never seen anything like this on defense. We've just never seen it. And on offense, the Colts fucking stink. I said it last week. They're, they're fucking 25th in EPA drop back, 26th in rushing success rate EPA. And on top of that, the Colts are a bad home dog. Over the last five years, they're four and seven ATS as home dogs with a negative three point ATS margin with an average line of three, which is right where this is probably going to end up. Two and nine straight up, losing by almost seven points per game. I mean, you can say, you know, the letdown spot or whatever, but Watson's probably still not going to play, so I think there'll still be all hands on deck knowing that P.J. Walker, Texas Rangers, is a quarterback. Now, if Watson came back this week, I'd probably be in agreement with you because this line obviously would jump, first of all. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you know, then, yeah, there might be some letdown. Oh, we got fucking Superman back. We don't have to fucking dig in as hard. They know they got to fucking dig in. And as far as the yards for the Colts or whatever last week, and the Jaguars, the Jaguars didn't have to get the yards. They kept turning the fucking ball over to short field. You didn't have it as many expected yards. Like, if you looked at the expected yards that, that, or the available yards that Jaguars had last week versus Indy, I mean, it was astro-fucking-nomical. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not every yard that they could get, they did get. And I, Cleveland is, is a terrible offense. So don't, don't get me wrong. Like, they're not yeah. going to score a ton of points. This is not going to be some barn burner, some fucking blowout or anything like that. So I don't mind your handicap. My only problem is, this defense is playing at a level which we have never seen, and the offense has sucked balls from day one. They haven't had, they've had what, maybe one good offensive performance the entire year. So they're used to that. They're used to, even with Watson, shitty quarterback play, not moving the ball, having to win games fucking 13 to 10. This is just what they fucking do, and this indie offense is fucking garbage. Well, you said that. That Cleveland's defense is, did you say that they're right behind, that Baltimore's the one right behind them or whatever? Well, right behind them at 13% behind them, yeah. Man, well, I mean, and Indy beat this, but he, they beat the Baltimore team. So Yeah, Baltimore's 13% behind them. Like I said, the difference between them and Baltimore is the difference between Baltimore and the 13th ranked. So basically from Baltimore to average is the difference between Cleveland to Baltimore. Yeah, they're way better. I get that. They're it's way just... better than the entire NFL. They're way better than any defense has ever been this far in the history of the NFL through six weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to last. I'm not saying they're the fucking 2,000 Ravens, but they goddamn well could be. 
It could yeah, be. If, yeah, if they are the the, the two thousand one or two thousand whatever it was Ravens, then yeah, that they're gonna win. Which they're way they're way ahead of their pace. They're way ahead of their pace. So if they, yeah, if yeah, they so, are, so which I'm not it's saying either, it's but, either are they due for regression or are they actually the Ravens? So it's I don't know. We'll see. It's it I, it could go either way. Obviously, it, it they could they could win twenty nothing. It would not surprise me. It would shock my balls off if Cleveland scored 20 fucking points. That's true, because they only got 77 through um, five games. So. Yeah, that would shock my nuts off if they scored 20 points. I'm sorry, 95. They, my bad. No, if they 95. scored 20 points, 17 of them will be on defense. Somehow they kick a field goal on defense. I swear to God. Yeah, maybe so. All right. Talking about those Ravens, we move on. Oh, they're hosting your Detroit Lions, and they have three-point home favorites. Yeah, this one is the stink trap. Game of the week for sure. This one we talked about this on Monday. Um, the I don't Monday. have a drop for that. No, I mean I, that's the first time I ever said that. So, but <laughs> it, well, I mean I've always talked about trap games and stinky lines. So there's, I mean, there's something to work in there eventually. But yeah, this one just stinks Smells. to high heaven. It's it's gross. It just this is a windy weather game, uh, which means the passing game is going to be a struggle, and both teams will rely on the running game. So to me. I don't see how you don't lean to the actual team that has a running quarterback to to uh, you know help along with that running game. And on the other side with Detroit, you've got one or both running backs, their top running backs out, or you know possibly out. I don't know the exact updates of those players yet. Maybe he gives play, maybe he doesn't. But like, yeah, it's everything points so, to, to ball. Go ahead. Montgomery's out. Uh, Gibbs did not practice today, so but he's not ruled out. Yeah, so if he plays, he's going to be hobbled at least somewhat. Um, I don't, you know, why, why, why was this? The opening was Baltimore minus two and a half. It's obviously ticking up some, but doesn't that seem a little too high? I mean, you can tell me what the numbers say, but this. It seems like setting that line at three, which is that now, that every single person in the world that goes up to that ticket booth is going to be putting them in on on Detroit, and and you know it just seems like they don't have any problem taking that money. Um, so yeah, I, everything points to Baltimore for me. So um, you know, and what's the what is the best win for Detroit? That I I love Detroit. Don't get me wrong. I think they're they're a really good slash great team. But what is their best win? Well, yeah. as part of my handicap, their their best room is definitely week one. But Kansas it's kind, City, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a constant theme in some of my handicaps this week. I I discount week one for every team. When I say discount, I mean I don't count it at all because it's week one and crazy shit happens in week one. Yeah, and and in all and in all week, you know, since San Francisco and Philly just lost, there's there's starting to be these questions about well, maybe Detroit is the best team in the NFC. Maybe they are the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. And I don't discount that at all. Matter of fact, we talked about it on Monday that you know it's they're definitely. Well, I don't team. discount that. <laughs> so, but the point is, when you hear that all week and you start getting crowned as the uh, you know one, maybe one of the new teams of destiny in the NFC, that can be a situational good spot uh, for the other team you're playing that week, and that that other team just happens to be one of the better teams in the league. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm on. I'm on Baltimore here. I don't mind laying a three. Now, if it ticks up any further, I'm completely out. Two and a half and three, I'm on Baltimore. All right, so the numbers here, it's a no-call of our power rankings. So, well, I went from two and a half to three. 
A lot of people do power rankings kind of the same way we do. So the market dictates where the line should be. That's exactly where it should be is three. I think it's fair right there. There are no buckets on this game uh, either way. And this, to me, Longhorn, is the game of the week. I know most people might say it's Philly and Miami. But to me, this is the game that I want to see because this is the only matchup from two of – there's only five teams in the entire league right now, top ten offense and defense and DVOA. This is the only matchup between those two teams. So, And another reason why I'm looking forward to this game is this is historically, if you've been watching football long enough, especially in the NFL, this is the type of game that teams on the rise, like Detroit, they got to prove that they can go win this game. You know, that if, if you're really going to go on this Super Bowl run and you're worthy of this crowning, and the reason why I like the Detroit, you know, kind of Super Bowl future is simply their schedule is pretty light the rest of the the rest of the year and uh and seeding is everything. We we know that. We know that in the playoffs that number 1 seed is fucking everything. They've got a chance now to get it. But this is the type of game where you got to go on the road, you got to play a very good team in Baltimore and you got to win this fucking game as a road dog. And I'm ready to see them do it. Now, both these teams have have benefited from an easy schedule. Like I said, so far this year, Detroit 21st, easiest Baltimore 20th. But Baltimore or, or Detroit still their their schedule going forward is 27th easiest. So if they get past this game again, they got a real fucking chance. But this will be the signature win. This will be the signature win if they come out of this game victorious. This will be the win that you could point to in the playoff and say they went to Baltimore and they did this. Now Baltimore is a notoriously bad home favorite. But if you take it down to a short home favorite and Wicks 16 or sooner, the reason why I did that is because Lamar almost never plays at the end of the fucking season. If you look at his history, he's almost always fucking hurt. They're 2-2 two and two since 2019 if you take it down to that. But that's with a plus 2.5 ATS margin and 3-1 and one straight up. And if you look at home favorites between weeks 2 and 4, or sorry, home favorites between 2 and 4, weeks 7 or later, with a 66 or better winning percentage versus a team with an 80% or better winning percentage. Um, so basically two good teams halfway through or more than the year. The home favorites 8-5-1 with a plus 4.93 ATS margin and 11-3 straight up, winning by eight points per game. So I definitely lean Baltimore here. I hope it gets under three at some point, and then I definitely would probably fire on them, but... Either way, I can't wait to see this fucking game, and we're going to see what Detroit's made of uh, when this one's over with. I wonder, um, I just just was kind of thinking, like, with San Francisco losing and they're having some injuries to some of their key players, and then uh, with Philly, you know, with whatever, what, what they are. I, was, I wonder if a better way to attack this Detroit Super Bowl ticket is, is a um, – a, a golf MVP because I wonder what I'll, I'll tell you the best way to well no never mind that's not the best way go ahead I, just, I I'm just curious I don't know like you know if you have a way to look up like what golf's MVP odds are because let's say they if you can get in before this game and you think Detroit's gonna win if they're six and one road wins at Kansas City at Baltimore and they win this NFC. I'm not sure exactly when they do the MVP voting. Is that before the playoffs or is it after yes, the playoffs? Yes, before the playoffs. Uh, dude, he's going he if he's the first seed with road wins against those two teams, he's going to have a really good shot um to win 
MVP, and his his odds got to be better than the twelve or thirteen to one that you can get Detroit to win the Super Bowl at. Is what I would imagine. Well, that and no, and there's not really a quarterback putting up, you know, monster numbers at this point. No, uh, Kansas let's City's see. not. Josh Allen's having struggles. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, who are we looking for? Golf. 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 Uh, CJ Stroud plus fifteen thousand. You interested in that? No. Okay. Very not. Very not interested in that. I'm looking. Let's see. Uh, Tua, Lamar, Deshaun, Justin Fields, Jerry Goff plus sixteen hundred. So sixteen to one. Okay, so it's right. It's pretty much all right. Never mind. Then it's pretty much right in line with the Super Bowl odds. So thought maybe there was a gem there, but there's not. All right, well, we're going to move on, and we're going to go to, oh, Longhorn's favorite team, those New England Patriots. <laughs> they host those Buffalo Bills, <laughs> and they are, let me see what the consensus line on here is, this shit show. Uh, oh, God damn. It's up to eight and a half and nine at one book at minus 110, so it keeps on going up, keeps on going up. So let's, let's call it eight and a half. Sure. Let's, you, you can call it. 28 and a half. I'm not taking New England. I don't care. Like, like <laughs> here's the deal. I have kicked the New England heroin habit. I am free. I am, uh, um, I'm going on, let's see, Sunday, Monday. I'm going on three days um, uh, free of, of the New England Hey, drug. congratulations, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I'll get a coin this weekend if I can avoid picking them. Um, it, by oh, he's going to put him in a round robin. He's going right back to rehab. No, absolutely not. I, I, <laughs> I, I said that seven of my 13 lost in Super Contests are by three teams. New England owns three of those by themselves. So um, I'm done with them. I'm not taking them anymore. I don't, you know, they're obviously the right, the, the you know, in theory, the right side here. But the right side is the winning side. And I am completely out on New England and... You are getting some, you know, probably some value here. This line probably should be more like six and a half, but I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I mean, well, you tell me what the numbers say later, but like this is, um, well, this is the biggest home dog for New England since Brady's first start at home in his career. So you're, you know, it's a lot of a lot of dumb smart guys are going to be back on New England this this weekend and I'm not going to be one of them this time. I'm tired of being a dumb smart guy, so I'm not doing it anymore. I at eight and a half, I love Buffalo tees down, even though I, I usually try to stick away from or stay away from the road tees thing. Uh, but I don't mind it here because when Buffalo wins, they win big. And, um, yeah, go ahead and tell me what, what the line should be and if this line is correct. You tease me on the road all the time is all I'm going to say about that. Uh, as far as the numbers go, so the, al- the algorithms are split. But if you just want to know what our power ranking said this line should be on a neutral field, it's Buffalo 12. 12. On a, on a neutral? On a neutral field. And you're only get you're only going to get two for New England at this time of the year. There's no fucking snow. They're basically in the same fucking area. There's going to be tons of Buffalo fans there in New England. I think the apathy is set in with New England fans at this point. How could it not? You won 18 fucking Super Bowls in like 17 years, so you're not showing up to watch this bullshit. No, probably not. Uh, But inside of that, there's no buckets on this game. And like I said, the, the algorithms are split, so 
no big lean there from the numbers. But New England, here's here's one thing, and we haven't talked about this year because it's only happened one time, but I did dig this back up because it's something we've kind of leaned on the last couple years. But New England's coming off playing in Vegas, so 0-1 ATS so far this year. And since the Raiders have moved to Vegas, uh, the team, when you leave Vegas, your next game, 9-16 ATS, 36%. And teams that are dogs the next week in that same set, 4-7. and seven, So it doesn't get any fucking better, even if you're dogs. I don't know what that's about. Actually, I do know what it's about. We've been to that town a million yeah, times. Yeah, but they don't. I don't so. actually. I don't really don't get that because the it's the NFL. They fly in, they fly out. It's not like they party in the city. I, I mean, what do you think they do? Fucking I, the night after the game? I don't know. They get on that fucking plane and they're out of there as soon as the fucking game's over. Look, man, those wars are fucking sneaky. You know they are. So <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Oh boy, do I. Boy, do I. <laughs> It, I mean, it's a th- It's like one of those things we always talk about all the time. There's just certain things that just are what they are. And since, and again, it's never happened, you know, when the Raiders were in Los Angeles or in Oakland. But since they moved to Vegas, this is just a fucking thing, man. And I don't know what it is. And it's not. And the weird thing about it to me is like I understand if you say, "Oh, the week after you play San Francisco." You don't do very well, you know, ATS, because San Francisco beats the fuck out of you. Unless so you're I, Dallas. Then you just go and win. Well, you yeah. play the Chargers and shit happens, but whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, game-wise, I understand, like, because San Francisco bludgeons you to fucking death. So, yeah, I understand the next week you're not feeling so fucking great. So, yeah, that makes sense. Las Vegas doesn't bludgeon anybody. They barely score. They don't tackle well. I mean, there is no physicality with the team. There, I have no explanation for whatever this fucking trend is. But I mean, it's legit. It is legit. It keeps and it keeps going. Again, it becomes more of a more of a system than a trend when it continues to go the way it's been going since it started building, and it just continues to go. Like I said, zero and one, and it's only been one uh, time this year. That it is coming to play. I think it was Pittsburgh after they went there and won that game, uh, which I think might have been the last NFL game we lost, whatever that was, week three or whatever. Then the next, then the, the next week they went and and lost ATS, but that's the only time it's happened just by happenstance scheduling and bye weeks and blah blah blah. Because I I didn't put I I took the buys out of the data because I don't think that's the same. I, I don't think that's fair. So if you just talk about. Next week, the very next week, you play after you play Vegas, nine and sixteen since they moved to Vegas. So, well, Buffalo's been beating the shit out of New England even before they were trash. So, yeah, and that's the other thing too is like, I know Josh Allen's like his shoulders not feeling great, but dude, that's the other thing. Belichick sucks against running quarterbacks. He sucks against running quarterbacks. Justin Fields beat him. Cam Newton beat him. I don't know how many. I don't know how many running quarterbacks have beat this dude. Over the years, but he sucks Brian, against him. Brian Hoyer beat him. Does that count? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got. I'm, I am going to be so sour on every New England game the rest of the year. I'm never going to get over what they've done to me this year. All right. Well, let's get over <laughs> right now. And move on. I'm like a battered, beaten wife, just can't fucking get over it. God damn you, Belichick! All right, moving on. Those New York football giants. Oh, they're back. Quit you. And they are hosting those Washington Redskins. And they're two and a half point home dogs. 
<sighs> what game are we doing? I'm still I'm still imagining. What what oh Giants? Giants! Well hit that fucking sounder. Giants are gonna win this fucking game. I was fucking kidding, man. I heard you. I was I was just slow playing that. I knew which game we were doing. Uh yeah. <laughs> Giants are gonna win this game. I mean, my God. Sometimes the situational waters just part like the Red Sea for me and everything becomes clear. This is an obvious situational smash spot for the Giants. Uh, Washington obviously went on the road and won last week in a game that they were, I don't know, doubled up on yardage, whatever it was. Um, And now they go back on the road to the Giants and uh, it's a low, it's a low number. Basically, a pick. is it still still one and a half? Is that what you said? Two and a half. Hmm. Up to two and a half. Even better. Now you got now you got the teaser opened up for you. This it's again the Red Sea is just opening even wider. You got teasers coming in now. You got fucking you got underdogs winning straight up. I love the Giants here. Uh, Saquon, Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Listen, Saquon has changed. He changes his offense. It still sucks. Don't get me wrong, but at least you have something to rely on they they signed pew off the fucking couch last week and he came in and was not an embarrassment turned him from a absolute embarrassing offensive line into a okay we can just we can actually have a shot to win a game with this kind of offensive line and uh and game changer like saquon so um yeah it's just love it smash spot for the giants uh i think they win this game all right, so I'm leaning the other way, but it's only a lean. Now, the numbers, this is one of the three numbers agreement is on Washington. Um, the buckets slightly, is this the, let's see. Yeah, 53-47 Giants, so that's not really much positive EV there at all. But here's my handicap on it. These are two shitty football teams. I don't think anybody would argue that. Um, now, I don't think what Dayball did is going to or has set well in the locker room. Now, was he right? Yes. Tyrod yeah. Taylor, you were a fucking better. moron for yeah. checking to a running play with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. And I can sit here on a podcast and say that. But as a head coach, you can't. Meanwhile, the Skins went on the road and stole a game in Atlanta. And I think that's big for their momentum. And now they're on the road as a favorite. Where? Since 2012. Look, it hasn't happened for them often. So in over a decade now, it's only been 15 games. But when it does happen, they are as good as it fucking gets. 10 and 5 ATS plus 1.7 ATS margin on an average line of three, which is probably about where this will fit, I don't think it'll get to three, but whatever. Two and a half. But they're 11, three, and one straight up, winning by five points per game. So who's got the balls to pick the skins and survivor this week is my big oh, question. fuck no. But now, you did mention the teaser. Now, teasing the dog in, in these Redskin games as road favorites, up six points, 12 and three. So hitting 80%. This is a fantastic Wong teaser yeah. spot for the Giants. So it scans for pass for me on this one, but look, neither team is any good. Let's not get it twisted, but the Giants are just a different level of bad right now. And I don't well, know. They have been. 
They certainly were. They weren't a different level of bad. Yeah, but that was Buffalo coming back from London. We know we know how that goes. We know how that goes. It was a terrible spot for Buffalo. It was a great spot for the Giants. And they, they and they absolutely had a chance to win the game. It was not a fluke. Like they they played well and they could have won the game. And some people, Giants fans, are, are obviously screaming they should have with the pass interference, blah blah blah. But you can go fuck yourself. You already got one pass interference call and an untimed down. You don't get two. You don't get two. You already. That's like that bullshit where you won the fucking game against the Redskins last year on a goddamn ridiculous fucking call at the end of the game against them. So. All the fucking and and we talked about the Giants with being a bad luck regression team this year. I should have paid more attention to that. It's my own fault for picking them to finish where I picked them to finish. I'm obviously going to be dead wrong about that. But, but they're not this bad. Like they're they're just not this damn. They're not as bad as what they've looked the last three or four weeks with all these injuries setting in and with some of the players coming back. But that's what that's what the uh, that, again that was part that was literally my whole preseason handicap is they can't. Be this injury riddled four years in a fucking row, but yet they have been. And again, as I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I I don't dislike your pick. I just got to go with what history says and what the the numbers say on the agreement. I'm gonna lean Washington. It's not a huge fucking play for me or anything, but yeah, I would yeah, I, I would actually lay the points with the skins, which you know me, oh. I rarely rarely am willing to do that, but I would actually do it. Man, Sam Howell is. He is he's just, not good. He's not. He's, but you got Tyron Taylor. He can be good, or he can be like he can just. When be, has like, he been good? He's been good like one game. He wasn't good last week versus Atlanta. He was pedestrian at best. Was he? Yeah, he threw like a, for 150 yards, I think. Um, I mean, he's had some big games, but like, but, but my point is, he'll either throw you into some games or he'll throw you out of games, and it's that's not one that I really. <laughs> I don't think he's ever thrown them into a game ever in his fucking life. To be honest, uh, he beat Denver. He threw that. He threw them into the. Into I, the yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's fair enough. The second half of that. Let's see. Let's look at Sam Howell. His QBR was terrible. His rating was through the roof, which his is weird. Rating is ter- rating means nothing. His QBR was awful. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. But you don't have to be good when the other quarterback turns the ball over three fucking times. How is now, there that big? I, mean, I don't want to go on a tangent about this, but how is there that big of a discrepancy between QBR and the quarterback rating? Because the quarterback rating is a shit metric. It can't be shit. I mean, because like when you look at his numbers, he was fourteen for twenty-three. Fourteen for twenty-three. That's not. Oh, that's like a Colorado State fucking line. What do you got to go? What do you have to be fucking twenty of twenty-three now in the NFL to have a no, good rating? No, but I mean, I mean, if you only have twenty-three attempts, I. I in other words, he was he he didn't okay, to my point, he didn't throw him into that win. No, he didn't. Twenty three attempts doesn't throw you into anything. Good or bad. You just are what you're like he he's just he he's what he is. He's a pedestrian quarterback, but you know what? So is fucking Tyrod Taylor, and he has been his whole fucking life. So and the he's rest better, of his defense. I think he's is better, better than Tyrod, but yeah, I, I hear you. The rest of his defense is better than John. Like, yeah. And Again, I very rarely will tell you, hey, take the Redskins as a favorite. <laughs> almost never, almost never would I say that. On the I mean, road, take the Redskins. That just doesn't it, it doesn't come off my tongue, right? And I know, which I is crazy like when I looked it up that they were that good as a road. Like literally probably the and I didn't look up all the numbers, but again, it's only been fifteen games in 
11 years. So just a little over one a game. They don't get many opportunities. When they do, 66 fucking percent is what they hit. So Mm -hmm. Vegas is just telling you when they actually do make them a favorite, probably don't fade them. But again, I'm not hammering the table for it. I will respect those numbers and take it under consideration. That's all I'm saying. It's not a hammer the table moment for sure for me at all uh, because everything that can go wrong will go wrong with that team. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, you look, you disagreed with the danger zone, and I hear you and respectfully. No, I strongly disagree with the danger zone. Yeah, and I hear you and respectfully will stick with it. This is this is a lean here, like. That is lean. This this is lean. Yeah. Either way. All right. Let's move on. All right. Moving on. Oh, the Seattle Seahawks. They are, looks like, down to money coming in on the Cardinals. So, let's call it seven and a half home point favorites. Seven and a half. Uh, so opened at seven. Were they in the fucking concert or the contest? I think so. It was eight, like all. Oh, no, it's eight. It's eight in the contest. Yeah, because it opened at seven, went to eight, and you're saying it's now back down to seven and a half. Um, the, the, I love Seattle in this spot. I love them as teaser. I love them to cover. Um, they this good situational spot for them. They looked pathetic, pathetic in the red zone last week at Cincinnati. They literally cannot play any worse in the red zone. They won't play any worse in the red zone the rest of the year. Certainly not going to play that bad against this Arizona defense in the red zone. This is a get-right spot for them and that offense to put up. I mean, they're going to put up 30 points in this game. They're going to put up 27 to 30-plus points in this game, and we know that Arizona fades in the second half. And without Connor, this is just not a Arizona team that can even – um, you know, keep pace offensively, which has kind of been what's what's you know been helping them, you know, in this early part of the season, keep up that fight with with some of these teams that they're not as good as. So without that that the engine that makes them go and Connor and the fade factor for them in the second half and the spot the situational spot with Seattle coming home off a bad offensive performance, everything points to Seattle for me. I like, I like Seattle to cover. I like Seattle in a teaser. I like them all. All right, well, the numbers are split on this one, uh, but I am with you on the Seattle lean here. Uh, no buckets on this one to speak of. I think this is just another tale of two teams going in opposite directions. I know Seattle didn't beat Cincinnati, but all the numbers say they fucking should have, to your point. If oh they just God. cashed in on a couple of fucking red zones, they win. They just win the fucking game. Now, Arizona, meanwhile, falling like a fucking rock in everything. Falling another four spots in DVOA last week. I remember when they were top 10 after the Dallas game, 25th now. Hmm. Seattle laying the points for me here are past. Now, one trend I did find on this game, home division favorites week 7 or later, laying between 7 and 9 points, 44, 33, and 2 ATS with a plus 1.25 <clears throat> ATS margin, 63 and 16 straight up, winning by 9 points per game. Do not put Arizona in your fucking round robin this week. <laughs> no. But... Here's here you're gonna hear this. I know somewhere I know you boys and girls listen to other podcasts, you son of a bitch, but we know we get it. What you're gonna hear how you're dare gonna, you. How dare you? But anyway, you're gonna hear that, that the Cardinals specifically have had major success in Seattle since 2012, 74 ATS on the road in Seattle. But here's what you need to understand about that. Most of those losses came in the earlier years of the 2012 part of it. 
and they all came in week 16 or 17. And that's in the years where, again, Seattle was very good. Arizona wasn't. There wasn't a lot of motivation for Seattle to cover those as a big favorite. So if you look at the games, Longhorn, week 14 or earlier, I don't think that's a big stretch, week 14 or earlier. So in other words, competitive weeks, 14 all the way down to one, doesn't matter. Arizona, two and four, ATS. So they've piled up five wins, ATS, in the garbage fucking weeks of the season where Arizona, you know, or where Seattle was up in the division. And they, and Seattle won the games, but, you know, just ATS, they had no motivation to cover that margin. So again, I'm sure that someone's going to throw that stat at you. Arizona means 7-4 ATS in Seattle since 2012. Do not be fooled by that. You gotta dig deeper into well, it's those a division dog. I mean, like it's always something to consider. You got a big division dog, so I, I mean, know. But like I said, week fourteen or when it's competitive in the last ten years, thir- or yeah, eleven years, two and four ATS. When not competitive, weeks after week fourteen, when you know Seattle really didn't give a fuck about cover margin. They may have been resting guys, whoever, whatever the situation was. Yeah, that's when they lost. Five game, five five and oh, actually, Arizona is ATS after week 14. Before week 14, two and four. So when it's actually competitive and it's been, you know, and that's from 2000 on. So you got the Kyler Murray mix in there. You got the bad years for Seattle in there. You got all that mixed in there. So when it's an actually competitive game in Seattle versus Arizona, Arizona's two and four ATS. So again, when you hear that seven and four bullshit, which you will hear. Somewhere, I promise you, on a podcast or whatever, some channel, just know they're not digging deep enough. But that's that's what we're here for, baby. That's what we're here for. All right. All right, boys and girls, moving on. Those L.A. Rams. Oh, they're hosting those Pittsburgh Steelers, and they are three-point home favorites. Yeah, I don't – this is another one of the games that I don't have a really good feel for. I know that – there's, there's word that Thompson might be coming back. Deontay Thompson might be coming back for the Steelers. That and, you know, Is that the wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah, he, it, he practices staying full. Yeah, so if he if he comes back and can open up this offense, <laughs> you know, it looks it looks like it's locked and closed permanently with Matt Canada. They play and, offense. They try. But in theory, with George Pickens, Deontay Thompson, uh, Pat Fryermuth and the combination of Najee Harris and Warren. That sounds like a convent lineup. Is what that sounds like. Well, what it would be on a with a competent offensive coordinator and a competent quarterback would be just good enough to get you into the mid twenties scoring average on offense. This team, however, in Pittsburgh just struggles to get, I don't know, 13. Seems like they can only win one way, and that's with the defense making giant, huge plays and usually scoring touchdowns on defense, and that's not something you can really rely on. Um, But with that said, at plus three, I have to lean that way, especially I guess the deciding factor for me would be that um, the Rams are missing their running back this week. I don't know if they're going to be able to run much without him. It's already a, a suspect offensive line to begin with, and now you've got a good pass rush coming in. Uh, just I don't have a great feeling on this. I'm going to lean to the three points. If it ticks up or down, plus three and a half, minus two and a half, that could that could push me one way or another on that one. But I don't have I don't have a good feeling on this one. All right. Well, the numbers are split on this one. However, uh, Pittsburgh is winning the buckets here. The Rams fall into a twenty nine. 29% bucket, 
37% bucket. Pittsburgh, 59% and 50. So Pittsburgh, 61. LA Rams, 39. EV there. Now, the Rams are a better team than Pittsburgh. There's no denying that. Offense, they are fifth in DVOA and sixth in EPA. Pitt's offense is fucking poverty. 28th and 29th in those metrics. And the Rams' defense is either at or above average at everything. So somehow, you know, I don't expect Pittsburgh to score very much. But that really, you know, the thing that really makes McVay's offense work, Longhorn, you just mentioned it, it's the running game. They're fourth in EPA rushing success rate this year. If you look at where they stunk last year, the whole year, they were 29th in that stat. The year before that, they won the Super Bowl. They were eighth. Translation, if they can have success running the ball, they're more than likely going to win the game. So can they have success running the ball versus Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh is the 10th best defensive success rate against the rush. The Rams' lowest points output of the season was 14 versus Philly, who ranks 12th. And that's the highest ranked team that they played outside of Seattle in week one. Again, I don't count that shit because it's week one. Uh, so outside of Seattle in week one, the, the best defense they played was Philly against the uh, defensive successor rush rate. They only scored 14 points. And now, like you said, their best running back is gone. So they were already behind the gun, and now – they come against the best rushing success rate defense they've seen all fucking season. Look, I never fucking feel good about backing Kenny Pickett unless it's in a who can fit their hand into a tiny jar contest. But I cannot mm-hmm. lay the fucking points here. It is absolutely fucking <clears throat> Pittsburgher pass for me. Yeah, and, and Zach Evans starting running back, he is so garbage. I think he... Wasn't he Mississippi Ole Miss? I think like, ah, he's just been so such a bad. And that's that's going to be your starting running back. All you people out there running to to pick him up in your fantasy leagues, just uh, good luck, good luck yeah. with that on Sunday. I wouldn't do it. All right, yeah. moving on. Oh, those world champion Kansas City Chiefs hosted <laughs> those San Diego Chargers. Yeah, yeah, you're back to San Diego, and they are five and a half point home favorites. Yeah, I'm sorry I'd have to do this to you people, but this is just an autoplay for for the Chargers. Uh, and there's there's just several reasons. I mean, no, trust me, nobody hates it more than me. Coming off of you know the last most recent game that that I had it was a loss with the Chargers, so it it sucks for me too. But Chargers coming off a primetime loss, and, um, and 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 you know what? By the way, like what this this coach Staley, the coach for for the Chargers, like why why can he not? read a game and and read the situations i swear to god like every time i watch this dude play in in games that are defensive close games that you can tell your defense is playing well you can tell that the game's going to be close it's going to be a lower scoring game that's when he for whatever reason decides now nah, I'm, I'm gonna pass up on field goals i'm gonna go for it on fourth down and then you'll watch him in other games like when he's when he's playing the the vikings and it's like a shootout teams are going up and down the field that's when he'll do like ah you know what i, I think i'm gonna punt here I think I'm going to take the, the points. Or I'm going to take the field goal. It's like he just can't get – he's one of those can't get right. He's not the dude. He, we, it's been clear he's not the dude for that team. He's just – he's probably a really good coordinator that is never going to be head coach material because in a in a game last week when it's very clear that defense for both teams, Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers, are playing good 
They're playing good. It's going to be a defensive, low-scoring game, close game. Take the fucking three points, but, you know, whatever. I digress. Let's get to this game. Again, it's just a autoplay. Um, Mahomes, we know, doesn't. If, I mean, I've, I say this all the time, you know, despite not having the exact numbers, but, you know, I watch every game every week. Mahomes over three points. Give me the other team I feel comfortable, unless it's a situational spot where he has motivation. Um, division, the division dog thing. You know, that that comes into play, especially with these two teams and especially with the Chargers, because like I said, they always play close games like this. They're a smash teaser spot team. This game's not not in a teaser spot, um, but or is it? Yeah, I don't I don't do the I don't do the tease down. <laughs> I don't do those tease down. Well, for you, you do weird teasers. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, like they play close games. Um, so, you know. I'm on the Chargers. Long story short, I'm on the Chargers. I got to take those points. I hate it. Five and a half is a dead is a dead number. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if this creeps down to four and a half by kickoff, and uh, and I'd still be on the Chargers there. So uh, I got to take the five and a half now. Yep. All right. Numbers are it's a no call all the way around. Uh, it's a fair number. The buckets, however, San, or the San Diego Superchargers. Fall into a 71% bucket. Kansas City falls into no bucket. So 60-40 EV for LA there. Now, the Chargers are an average football team. They're top eight offense and bottom six defense per DVOA. So DVOA ranks offense higher. That puts them right at 16. Chiefs are a good football team. They're one of only five teams to be in the top five in again or top ten in offense and defensive DVOA. So is there an avenue for the Chargers to cover the spread and maybe even win? I think so. Now, the funny thing is with the Chargers is that what they do best is pass the ball. They're sixth in the league in dropback EPA. They don't run the ball well, 19th in rush EPA. But what's odd to me, Longhorn, is the two teams that they beat, Las Vegas and Minnesota, are 28th and 16th in rushing defensive EPA. The only other team in that mix that they lost to would be Miami, who's 25th. Well, they scored a million points versus Miami. They just lost, you know, at the very end of the fucking coin flip. Their only other two losses are to Tennessee, who's 12th, and Dallas, who's 6th. So what that tells me about, I'm starting to get a pattern now on your Chargers, is they can be success if if they can be successful running the ball, they have a great chance to cover, and at least a 50-50 shot to win the game outright. Well, Kansas City is great against the pass, but they're 29th in rushing EPA defense. So this will be Eckler's second game back from injury. So his legs should be more ready to go than it was last week and much easier sledding than it was against Dallas. And division opponents, like you mentioned, against Kansas City in Kansas City have been a problem over the last two and a half seasons. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier in the like maybe week two, I can't remember, but Basically, you know, Andy Reid used to be money in September uh, before Mahomes showed up, ATS. And then since Mahomes showed up and it was Mahomes, he sucks now in September because, and my theory was, and I, I think you backed me up on it, he doesn't really want to show all his new plays, all his new gadgets he's been working all summer because he's got fucking Patrick Mahomes. He don't fucking have to. So he just kind of saves the shit or whatever. But either way, they have been less successful every single year since that first year ATS. And against division opponents the last couple of years in Kansas City, 
Kansas City's three and seven ATS with a negative 3.25 ATS margin. And the only time in those 10 games they have been this short of a favorite at home against the division opponent was last year versus the Chargers, where they finished at a minus four. That was the closing line. They won by three. They didn't cover that either. In fact, they're 0-3 ATS in the last three games at home versus the Chargers since 2020. 1-2 straight up. And one more trend that I found that is not matchup specific. But it is good enough to make this game the I can do no wrong <laughs> teaser of the week, which five and one on these so far this year. I did lose last week, but we're back in the saddle here. So since 2012, division dogs between four and six and a half weeks, seven or later versus a team with an 80% winning percentage or better. Those dogs are 10, four and one ATS with a plus 817 ATS margin. And that's when the average line of 5.4, right where this is. And they're nine, four, and two to the over plus 4.8 points per game. That's an average total of 45.6. This total is 48. So in this trend, specifically Longhorn, just straight up on the teaser, if you tease the dog up, it is 15 and 0. If you tease the over, so tease the total down to the over, 13 and 2. So let's tease. The Chargers up to 11 and a half. Let's tease the total down to 46 and take the over. And that is the I could do no wrong tease of the week. And I am 100% with you on the Chargers on the regular ass five and a half. Also, I think the Chargers got a good shot to win this game, actually. He do no wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Oh, it's those Denver Broncos. Some reason they're still playing football, but I guess because they signed up for 17, they got to play 17. They're hosting those Green Bay Packers, and they are one, yeah, let's call it one-point home dogs. And this is the third of the three sounders, so hit it, get it out of the way. Um, We talked about this game, or I talked about this game on Monday. It was one of my favorite early line um, looks. I I like Denver plus one and a half. I like Denver on the tees up to seven and a half. You did say it was still one and a half, right? One. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't like teasing two seven, so hold off on that. See if it see if it takes back one and to... a half at FanDuel. So if you can grab it at FanDuel, get it. Yeah. Um, I like them to win this game. Um, you know, maybe maybe the Denver defense has turned a corner. You know, we saw that we saw that Peyton is kind of like cutting people and and cleaning up as much as he can. It's obviously not going to turn around this season. But he's a good coach. This is a proud franchise, and they're not going to just they're, they're this is not the type of franchise that turns into a you know two and fifteen or three and fourteen uh, type season. They're going to win some games. They're they're too good. They're too well coached, or they're too they the coach has a history of well coach, and this is a history of a good franchise. And there's too many good players left on this roster in general to go out the way it's looking like they're going to go out. And um, the quarterback for Green Bay is just not a – he's not a real starting NFL quarterback. So, um, you know, I know fatigue has set in. Betting on Denver, I get it. I know that nobody's going to want to do that. That just makes me like it even more. So I like Denver to win. I like Denver, you know, almost every which way in this game. What do you got? Yep, so the numbers are split here. However, uh, the Buckets – 
Denver lands in 61% and 59% bucket. Green Bay, no buckets. So 57-43, Denver grades out, plus EV there. Uh, Green Bay is after the bye, and I didn't I'm, – I'm sorry I didn't mention this in the Steelers game, but Steelers are after the bye away, dog. That's the best spot to be, 57-50-1. and 50 and one. Mm. After the bye on away favorites, which is what Green Bay is currently, 36-33, so you're basically flipping coins there. Uh, but any, any, any way you slice it after the bye, you want to be away, which if you know anything about Bill Belichick, and I know we're shitting on him now currently, but part of his genius is just his attention for detail and him knowing all these numbers. He always, always, always requests to be on the road after his bye, which is something nobody else does. Right. Well, after the bye, being at home, favorite or dog, is like a 40% proposition against the spread. So obviously Belichick, you know, that's just another kind of – Nugget of his genius throughout the years. But anyway, um, yeah, it's to me, it's Denver passing this game. I really just kind of wanted to hear what you said. So I like that you're leaning that way uh, on this one. Other than that, I really don't have much. All right. All right, moving on. We got, oh, those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Two and a half point home favorites over those my hammer Dolphins. Oh, my God. This is the big dick pick of the year. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. All right. Usually it's a big dick pick of the week. This is the big dick peak. Pick of the peak. Pick of the year. I don't even want to tell you how leveraged I am going to be on Philadelphia here. Um, let's just say if you're normally a, I don't know, let's just say $100 a game better, I'm at least two times that, probably three times that. Uh, I'm maxed out on Philly here. It's just, this is when the this is when the spot comes into play with the, with the matchups all aligned together and and then you and then also injuries kind of work their way into where everything flows right together perfectly and all lines up to a smash spot in every single which direction that I know how to handicap and I hope that you're you know I hope that you're on board with me there because everything lines up for me uh Philly coming off a loss on the road they're getting Carter uh, Jalen Carter's coming back. Darius Slay is coming back. Miami cannot stop the run. And Miami, after getting down 14 to nothing against Carolina, largely on Carolina kind of running up their asshole, they snapped out of it against a really bad team in Carolina and pulled away. That's not going to happen against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's going to do the same thing that Carolina was doing, except with way better players all over the field and a way better defense to slam that door shut, much like what Buffalo did to Miami a few weeks ago. Um, the weather weather also is nothing that lines right up. It's, it's, it's going to be a weather-favoring Philly-type game. It's just there's literally nothing that doesn't point to Philly in this game, and I hope you're on my side because this is my heaviest and healthiest bet of the year so far. I'm glad you stole like almost all of my handicap. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. That's actually a really good thing. That is a really good thing. 
So numbers are split on this one. The buckets. Philly lands in a 50% bucket, but Miami lands in a 37% bucket. So we got 50 Philly at 57, 56.5%. So that is more than good enough EV to be on them. By the way, just talking about the buckets real quick. Overall, no matter what, uh, how big or whatever the margin is, 12, 7, and 1. If you take the 55% or up, 8 and 5 so far since we've started them the last couple of weeks. So they're doing well. Uh, now, as far as the game, I told you guys last week in the podcast the Jets should have success versus Philly because if you can stop the run game, this offense is fucking broken. If you listen to the Money Night Recap podcast, you know what I said. They their off their fucking passing offense is garbage. Like I don't know what the fuck they're even trying to do. They have no plan. They have no plan. But Julio, basically, <laughs> so if you can stop and run the ball, you can beat this Philadelphia team. But Miami, they're twenty seventh. Uh, again, or sorry, the Jets are sixth in deficient uh, defensive success rate rushing. Miami not. Sixth rate. They're 27th. So the last time the Philly played a defense in this class was Minnesota, who's 20th. That's seven spots up from Miami. And Philly had their most points. They put out the entire season regulation, 34 points. So Philly will absolutely be able to name their fucking score on offense. Now, on the other side, obviously Miami has the number one offense in the league by a million miles. Number two in dropback success rate. Number one in rushing success rate. And Philly is a slightly above average defense in both of those, 12 and 13th in both of those categories. So Miami will be able to score the ball just fine. But like you said, the weather would be a major factor. Now, there's no rain, but we don't give a shit about rain in the NFL. It's the wind. The wind's going to be 15 to 20 miles per hour. And Tua's fucking tiny coconut slinger will (laughs) not be able to throw the deep ball in that or even the intermediate throws. Now, you might say... Who gives a fuck? All he does is throw three-yard fucking slants and crossers. Which is a good point. But the only reason why that shit works is because the defense has to worry about the fastest girlfriend kicker in the world and Waddle getting behind them on every play. So if you take that element away, this offense is not the fucking same. Now, can Philly do that in this weather? I believe that they can. Like you said, they're getting their fucking weapons back. I, dev- I mean, yes, I'm 100% lean on Philly. Now, if Jalen Hurts continues, to, he's had a turnover problem. He's had a turnover problem. He's got seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. So he's definitely regressing to the mean so far this season. So it's not without some, you know, trepidation that I make this pick. But, look, I think it's Philly. I think. It's Philly wins, and I wouldn't actually be shocked if Tua gets carted off on a stretcher at some point in this game, and those animals in Philly cheer his football death because you know that they fucking will. Yeah, and and just like if you have any shot to – and we saw Buffalo kind of lay out the blueprint of how to do it. It's quick pressure with a a pass rush with only – Four people and you flood those zones. Especially on the interior because Tua is tiny. Yeah. You block his fucking vision. You get your hands up. Those little fucking three yard crossers don't turn into 57 yard gains because he can't fucking complete them. Yeah. He looked like, just remember, he looked in up 
at times against Buffalo because they just dropped and flooded those zones. They got a pass rush with with four people. Like this, the blueprint is there. Philly can run that blueprint um, better. And Philly can better than Buffalo. So well, I don't think they can do that, but they can, they can definitely run the ball better than Buffalo. Like I said, if you can run the ball on Miami, and if Philly can run the ball themselves. They're going to be able to name their score because if that that running offense is working, everything else comes off that, and it, it just opens up fucking everything. Yeah. I'm heavily leveraged on Philly. Heavily leveraged. All right, moving on. Oh, it's Monday Night Football. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Oh, those Minnesota. Mm. Uh, yeah. They're the Vikings, too. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. They are hosting. Sorry, I was looking at the line movement. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, we're still going to... I mean, the Super Contest is six and a half, but I only see that at one book. Those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So it's seven, basically. But plus seven is 115. Fuck it. 6.75 home point dogs, I guess. Yeah, this is... Uh, man, I mean, look, I'm not going to... Probably be taking this game in any kind of contest or anything like that. I mean, it's a it's a pretty clear. You just pick San Francisco to win if you're in kind of pick them. Um, at seven points, though, man. Like I know it's prime time. I know it's I know it's not noon, but that's a lot of damn points. Uh, but but situationally, you got San Fran coming off a loss, so I don't I don't hate laying um, the points here now. I thought that that would might be on some sort of a sharp side uh, to lay these points because you figure everybody's taking Minnesota and all those points, but it's not because a lot of the cash is coming in on San Francisco. So I don't have I don't have a really good feel on this game as far Anytime as time they fucking shade the contest number to the other way, you know where the yeah. fucking, you know where the sharp money's coming. Yeah, in. yeah, that's true too. Um, I'm gonna save any of the rest of it that I'm gonna talk about for the. Um, for the uh, to to do a video because I'm gonna do a same game parlay on this. I'll do a video of that probably pop it out sometime on Saturday. So check will that you out. be naked though? Uh, maybe from the waist down, but nobody will see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't have a lot on this one now. Actually, I would have a lot. I would have a lot on this game if it wasn't who it is. Because the numbers, this is the third agreement. It's Minnesota. The buckets. If you look, Minnesota, fifty-six point five percent EV, and C Mac probably not looking good to play. And even if he does play, he's going to be fucking limited for sure. So normally I would be hammering Minnesota, but it's Monday night, and it's Kirk Cousins. He's two and ten ATS on Monday night, and as a dog on Monday night, he's zero and six. So, hmm. so you either find a reason to play on San Francisco, or you just pass the fucking game. Because every er, the way I handicap, everything tells me hammer then Minnesota. Why would they drop what? it out at six and a half then? Because nobody's gonna bet fucking Kirk Cousins on Monday night. Nobody's gonna do that. Right. So they should leave it. At, I don't know. It's 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 you know this because is they're a, getting fucking hammered. Like yeah, that, I don't know. But either way, it's fishy. Yeah, I again the way I handicap it would it should all my money should just now be going across it should have already been across the table on Minnesota plus seven as soon as the fucking line came out. No, no thank you. No fucking and you know what? If they cover, 
good for him because I don't do I don't cross the cousin's line because at this point if you've crossed the cousin's line you're down at least 20 to 30 units in your career if you're crossing the cousin's line the dude will not play enough football for the rest of his fucking life even if he went infinity and O in all the spots that you're not supposed to play him in you're still not he's never going to pay you back he is never ever going to pay you back so for infinity you're going to be wrong so just let it go like it's it, it's like the poker player that thinks he's pot committed and he has to keep going to tilt no bro you can just fold you still got chips in front of you let the shit go you didn't you know, stop chasing that fucking nuts flush stop chasing that inside straight draw stop chasing that shit just let it go just let and you, you'll feel you'll feel at ease you'll feel peace in your heart in your soul just let the cousin's window go you bet on him at noon if you have a reason to or you pass if you bet against him you bet against him not at noon if you have a reason to or you pass other than that you just watch the game and enjoy it and say ah well he he finally fucking won one that's all you got to say like it's it's so peaceful just to do it that way so peaceful well I will say in the super contest, I am one and zero betting against noontime cousins. Just saying. That's good because you're like thirty units down lifetime. Uh, well, I got to pick every game on the podcast, so I mean, that's, <laughs> of course I'm gonna. Oh yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things, man. Again, it's not explainable. I guess maybe it is, but there's been documents about it. But whatever. Anyway, all right, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby! All right, Longhorns, time for everyone's been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said, free picks of the week. Lay it on them, baby. Yeah, and I mean, I said it's my biggest bet of the year, so why would I not hand out the charity to everybody uh, who goes to the website and checks out the free picks tab? I'm going to go with Philly. Are we calling it two or two and a half? What's What do we, what do we got to put it down? Two and a half. All right, so Philly minus two and a half. NFL free pick of the week. I love it. I love it. All right, college free pick of the week. All right. It's going to be Navy plus 10.5. Look, I have no fucking data to support this. However, since 1996, Service Academy versus Service Academy double-digit dogs are 64% against the spread. And Air Force versus Navy, which they don't play each other every year, in that time frame, 5-8 and eight ATS in that stretch. Look, it's just an autoplay. It hits it over 60%. You just have to fucking take it. And with the new clock rules, I really don't see how there's time for Air Force to run away uh, from Navy in this one. Not enough possessions for either team to do that. Navy started off really rough this year, uh, but they've won. They've improved steadily. They've won their last two games, and we've made some money betting against Navy this year. I think it's time to bet on them. I do think Air Force wins, but I do like Navy to keep this close, so go fucking middies on that one. Now, your podcast exclusive, Pizza Money Parlay. Here we go. This one pays three-team Moneyline Parlay pays 18 to 1. We're taking those Charlotte 49ers plus 238. Georgia State Panthers plus 128. And those Miami Hurricanes plus 148 to beat Club 
or Cabe Klubnik and those stupid fucking Clemson Tigers. Parlay all those together. 18 to 1 on a pizza money parlay, baby. Is there a gap in this one this this week or no gap? Let's oh fuck. I'm a big fan of gap. Big, big fan of gap. I've I've got to pull up the schedule for that. Jesus. Uh, let's see. Well, when you're doing while you're doing that, let me add my podcast only. I forgot to do that. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna go with the sounders that you didn't hate at least. Package the three together that you didn't hate, although you weren't big on the Giants. But I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears, plus 144. New York Giants, plus 125. And Denver at a smooth, plus 100. And that three-team money line underdog parlay, eh, it pays 10 to 1. So it's not great, but it's at least something, little little uh, pocket change for you there. So that's, that's going to be the podcast-only uh, free pick for me. That's better than a normal six to one. So Air Force Navy's eleven. What else did I say? Fuck. Uh, Some, something and then Miami. Oh Charlotte. That's all. That's at one. And then Miami. I think Miami and Clemson should be the night game. Scroll. Yeah, seven o'clock. So we hit the first two legs, which are the biggest two legs. So Charlotte plus two thirty eight. Oh go. no, Georgia State plus one twenty eight. Shit, that was a different. Oh, never mind. Charlotte plus the 238, Georgia State and Miami, they both start at 7. Wow, oh, motherfucker. Well, you'll get a cash-out option, definitely, you hit the plus 238. But here's what I will say. Go ahead, whatever you bet on the Pizza Money Parlay, eh, I'd throw at least half of that on Charlotte in case they win. You're paid, no matter what. So that's what I would say to do on that. Uh, and Charlotte, by the way, we gave that out uh, – to the clients at a certain number, and it is at least a point and a half under that number at some point. I checked earlier, 97% of the cash is coming on Charlotte. Oh so, God. a lot of people backing them 49ers right now. Love it. All right, Longhorn, tell me about that fabulous website one more time. All right, that wraps up award-winning episode number... 160, baby. Ooh, 160, they just keep going up um go to the website thefootballgoerhold.com and check out those free picks we were just talking about of course you get more free picks if you listen to the podcast be sure and share and subscribe that uh this podcast to everybody don't be selfish and keep it to yourself Uh, when you do go to the website you can click on the college college picks tabs you can click on the nfl picks tab or you can click on both of them together our prices cannot be beat and once again nfl is on a 10 and 0 heater that is insane we look to keep it up this week uh and just keep that that money train rolling but if you do any of those things that i just mentioned podcast website any of that we become partners for life and both see it's in a mostly non-sexual way People, stop throwing away your heart on money and guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby.